Buddha, here we are. Today's talk, how do you get out of your head and why? Well, I imagine you probably have a good idea what's meant to be in your head. And uh, most people experience this as a, a quite an intense experience. Um, somewhat isolated you feel you're in something there's your own lot of thinking going on uh, a lot more thinking is really necessary thinking about the past thinking about the future thinking about possibilities thinking about what other people think thinking about what you think you should be could be wish you were wish you weren't things are thinking about the wrongs you've done to other people thinking about the wrongs that people have done to you um, <laughs> and the state of the world, the future, the hereafter, the cosmos, the gods, heroes, everything, and most of it um, kind of irrelevant to um, what you're doing, where you are right now. In fact, it has no particular location. When you get into this realm of your head, you could be anywhere. You could be an aeroplane, you could be in a boat, you could be in India, you could be in Russia doesn't really make much difference you're in your head um, and it's it's often associated with a lot of lot of thinking thinking that never really arrives at a final position you know, so thinking is obviously one of the gifts we have the ability to conceive articulate um, decide things through our thinking apparatus but when it just goes on and on and on it doesn't really arrive at somewhere where you feel satisfied it's clearly it's like it's lost its ground it's like a vehicle which the wheels have left the ground they're just spinning in space the wheels have left the ground the wheels of your mind have left the ground but you can't stop it it doesn't know how to stop and so sometimes when this gets uh, bad people build up obsessive thinking and paranoia, depression, anxiety, and can't sleep. The thinking keeps going, can't get to sleep. This means that the thinking system uh, has an energy to it. As you know, it's fairly speedy, fast energy, and the energy has no way of stopping or releasing itself. It just, it's like a vehicle wheels have left the ground there's no switching off and so that's when it gets really bad when people can't even sleep but other times it tends to mean that your emotional life is limited that is we don't experience much joy we don't experience much contentment we don't experience much um, fresh open gladness Mostly thinking mind is about trying to manage things and trying to control things and try to organise things. It doesn't know how to enjoy anything. In fact, <laughs> or to appreciate anything. So this is what it's like to be in your head and you can recognise it's... Why is that so can be so prevalent because a lot of the time we're operating through looking at words, looking at words on screens, um, 
planning things and organizing things for the future um, and, and a very verbal landscape everything's got writing on it so all the time your eyes are looking at things and you're interpreting things in terms of these words and words particularly written words are concepts and symbols they're not actual felt realities the word apple doesn't taste like anything you know, the word warm has no temperature to it it's just the sound it's very useful because you can catch and remember a lot of these words and use them the problem is when the words begin to replace the reality that they're supposed to be referring to and this becomes very much the case when we start to refer to certain obviously nobody believes that the word apple is an apple but we can believe that the word love is love when it isn't and we can believe that the word happiness makes us happy and we should have happiness uh, and that process of thinking you should have happiness is like looking for a fish on dry land you look you can't find happiness in the word or in the mind that brings up the word but because we use our thinking minds a lot of the time we try to get our thinking minds to bring us qualities that it can't bring us the thinking mind cannot bring us contentment it cannot bring us joy it cannot bring us happiness it cannot bring us warm-heartedness it can't do it that's not what it's designed for these qualities come from another kind of intelligence we call heart intelligence or emotional intelligence now just as the thinking mind is about organizing and controlling things the heart is about relating to things how do i feel about this whether i can manage it not manage it whether i understand it or don't understand it um, how do i feel about it so this is relational intelligence now when you're going to work on a train or a bus or driving a car it doesn't seem to matter much because the main thing is to follow the traffic directions look at the speed and plan your meeting that you're going to that's thinking intelligence so we can use this kind of intelligence thinking intelligence a lot of the time so much so that we don't really ask ourselves well how do i feel about this uh, how do i feel about this what's the quality i'm getting out of this because we're so busy doing it particularly when you have a lot of high speed pressure to arrive at somewhere or to get somewhere or to make something happen there's this high speed pressure that you're following and you don't get the opportunity to ask how does this feel how does this feel this is heart intelligence yeah and it takes a little longer it's not so conceptually clear most people say okay i feel okay okay 
which means I don't really know what I feel, but it doesn't feel that bad. Yeah. So the heart, in a way, closes because we don't use it very much. It's like a muscle, it begins to wither and close down. So how do you get out of this? Is you use body. The body also is intelligence. You have three intelligences, not one. You have brain intelligence or thinking intelligence. You have heart intelligence or emotion intelligence. And you have bodily intelligence. And you may ask, what's that mean? Um, body intelligence is about knowing how to relax, for example. Bodies can do that very well. They do that, they relax. Um, how to defend itself, the body hardens up. It knows how to do that. How to um, get very active, body speeds up. How to relax, bodies know how to do that. And they do that dependent on what the heart is telling them. Because the heart is saying, what you're with, heart is relational intelligence, so it tells you what you're being felt about something, and something is saying, this feels threatening, so your body becomes stiff. Or this feels very warm and comforting, so your body relaxes. Your heart and your body have a very good dialogue, but the thinking mind and the body don't have much of a dialogue. So when you go into your thinking mind, you lose your body and you lose your heart. So body intelligence really tells us where we are. Not as an idea, like I'm in Bangkok or I'm in London, but I'm really here. Here. And that's not an idea. That's an experience of feeling solid grounded, stable, yeah? you're right here, you're not where you should be, or could be, or ought to be, you're right here, and that's not, a, that's not an idea, that's a feeling, where your body feels steady and stable where you are, where you're sitting, standing, walking, or lying down, doesn't matter. This may not seem like much, but actually it provides a kind of anchor. Because the thinking mind doesn't know that you're here. The thinking mind tells you what you should be doing, where you should be going, how well you've done. Yeah? But it can't tell you where you are. It can say, well, I'm in the main street or I'm in the public square or I'm on the train. But... That's just an idea. It can't actually give you that sense of stable, grounded presence. That's not its job. Hmm? So when we don't really know that quality of stable, grounded presence, our heart doesn't feel very secure. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel relaxed. Because the heart is being led by the thinking mind, which says, 
you could be, you should be, you might be, other people want you to be, you should get this place, you should go there, you should go faster, you should look like this. Um, it's telling you about what you should do and the heart is being pulled by qualities such as a sort of uh, restlessness or anxiety or agitation stirring so the heart feels restless when the heart feels restless and uncomfortable then we begin to close it down it doesn't feel good so we close it down and go further up into the head and this is quite common we call it distraction so when the heart doesn't feel very happy and good what do we do well, we think, I'll go to the restaurant, I'll go to the cinema, I'll go have a drink, I'll go here, I'll switch on this, I'll buy that, I'll have one of these, I'll go there, I'll make this happen. We start doing lots of things to make us feel happy. Things will give rise to pleasure. And they're associated with seeing, touching, tasting thinking, planning and so forth. They're, they're associated with the senses. And so we go out. And of course when you get into that, it gets very compulsive. Sometimes addictive. You know, you can't spend an evening without entertainment. An evening without some kind of entertainment feels really bad and depressing even the idea of it sounds really like a punishment entertainment means something outside of you you can see or hear or touch or play with so we get dependent upon external stimulation because the heart isn't happy and when the heart's not happy the thinking mind starts coming up with ideas of what to do about that but still it doesn't bring around the deep happiness that comes when the heart itself feels happy in itself. And that's what the Buddha taught. He taught happiness from the heart, feeling happy in itself. Happy because it's open, bright, fresh, comfortable, free from anxiety, free from greed free from aversion, free from guilt, free from regret. He said, make the heart happy. And you focus on that and you get what's called samadhi, deep settled state. And then you can contemplate from that deep settled state what's really important, what's not important, what's to be let go of, what's to be developed. Because now you've got something you can rely upon that can give you the truth, which is your heart. Thinking mind gives you opinions, opinions, beliefs, but it doesn't give you truth. Truth is when you feel it, directly feel it. So this is why we <laughs> need to get out of our heads. So how do you do this? Well, you know, this is basically what Buddhism is about. Like most most problems of this level are things we can fix through following Buddhist practice. Yeah. 
so for example to make the heart happy first of all you make it feel safe it's got a place to be and a place to settle in this is our sense of our body in the here and now once again if you're standing up and you can feel what balance feels like when you stand up right yeah how you can't you can't think that but your body can feel that it means the place when there's the least effort necessary most of the muscles are relaxed it's so it's very light and poised that's an example of the body's intelligence the body knows that it knows pressure it knows tension it knows to a fine degree what can be relaxed and where to put its energy so this is a very helpful basis for meditation and in fact for life itself to get that because then you're using a kind of intelligence that creates safety and balance and lightness rather than compulsive action uh, and defensiveness and restlessness so that's the foundation for the heart feels safe it feels safe because it's this place if we use an example the thinking mind we can liken it to a bird that's constantly flying through the air round and round and round the bird needs a place to land and the body's like the tree and the heart's like the nest so the body holds the heart then the thinking mind like the bird can see the nest ah oh, that feels good and settle in that yeah so the body's like the tree heart's like a nice warm comfortable nest thinking mind is like the bird can't find anywhere to land then it sees the nest ah i can land there and it settles down so when the heart is feels stable and comfortable in the body in your embodiment then your heart feels happy your thinking mind settles down into that this is the basic thing and then you start to consider relationship relationship is the law of morality i respect others i know they feel things i feel things they feel things they don't want death i don't want death therefore i respect others this feels this feels helpful i generate goodwill towards other creatures this also feels good for me i practice generosity this feels good for me and it's good for others so once you get into high intelligence everything you do from there is good for yourself and good for other people there's no division so the sense of isolation disappears loneliness disappears worry about other people disappears worrying about yourself disappears so with the cultivation of that the heart feels glad and you can then take it deeper so in meditation often we 
come into our sense of being here and you might find there's some tension or restrictions in your body okay how do I what's necessary to to relax places that seem very stuck uh, tight tense well first thing is don't think about it Um, don't analyze it with your thinking mind Uh, instead relate to it with your heart with a heart of goodwill and spread your awareness over your body as if you're holding it sweeping it steadying it recognizing it with a heart of no aversion heart of goodwill and this will certainly help to release tension in your body and generate compassion and goodwill and you begin to put aside thinking mind so one becomes compassionate rather than worried because of course there's plenty of pain and things going wrong in the world and if we think about them we add up a whole list and get depressed but if you feel compassion for them you're still looking at the same kind of problem but instead of looking at it from the state of fear or worry you're looking at it from the place of compassion and generosity and you feel compassion and that compassion is a beautiful fresh state doesn't doesn't make you feel sad or miserable makes you feel bright and loving so you change the way you relate to life Mm. so I think I'll pause there for now and I'd like to give you the opportunity to spend some time just silently taking what I've said and I think we could probably take this further if you have some questions to ask that you'd like to bring up.